0: speech the Sermon on the Mount remember Can you come to team to Sermon on the Mount most famous speech of all time and within that famous speech of all time you had another most famous thing within the most famous speech of all time there is another famous aspect to it Profound, most important. Whatever you want to say. What did Jesus show us how to do in the Sermon on the Mount? How uh, to pray? How to pray, right? How to pray. This is kind of like somewhat somewhat controversial. Is, in some denominations, what do they do with the Lord's Prayer? Yeah, I they recited right like from memory like you just say <coughs> you just say from memory <coughs> over and over and over again on your beats can anyone say it from memory hmm? challenge anyone say the lord's prayer right now from memory who, who are in heaven how will it uh, well, uh, well, uh, well be, well be thy name? Argue arguable how do you pronounce Hallowed. Well yeah. Give us a day of daily bread and forgive our trespasses for they are. Thine is a kingdom. the glory and the honor. Forever and ever. Kind of. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Our Father who is in heaven. What? Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Right? And so, it's not a... not a bad prayer. <laughs> it's a prayer that Jesus it's a prayer that Jesus gave us to do. <coughs> Why does this prayer sometimes and it's a bad thing, but sometimes it gives Pentecostals a little bit of a heartburn. Sometimes what? It gives Pentecostals a little bit of a heartburn. This prayer. Heartburn. <laughs> so simple. Or? No, well, simplest. Thing, yeah, that's actually a good point. But, uh, but, well, but the thing is that it's been turned into a ritual, right? And it's become a ritual, and, and and people just do it over and over and over and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it, and you wonder what where where has the depth of it gone, you know? And Jesus, again, you know, we talked about themes, right? Jesus starts off before he even gets to. The gets to that issue, gets to the prayer, he talks about, you know, this is in Matthew chapter 6. Are we there? Is that Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Before you get to 6, verse 9, um, if you read, like, the verse before that, anyone, guess guys have trouble with your... He uh, himself as father... What, uh, what does it mean that Father, so we say we all, everyone starts their, their prayers as, and this is coming from Jesus himself, right? Jesus says we start our prayer, what? How does everyone start their prayers? Our Father, not, not just Father, right, but our, Father. our Father, Father. right, we always, I don't know how you guys start your prayer right? usually people say Heavenly Father, right? No. Our Heavenly Father? Right? Our Heavenly Father or our Father in Heaven. Our our Heavenly Father that comes from this, from Jesus. Our Father in Heaven. Our Heavenly Father. (coughs) God is our Father, but not like our earthly Father. We don't pray to our earthly Father. We say, Dad, I need A, B, C, and D. It's not really the same thing. God these, Jesus teaching us to sh- tell his Father who is in heaven. Where is him? Our Father, that's where Jesus starts. Our Father who is in heaven. Our Father who is in heaven. Our Father, is he here? Jesus, is Father on the mountain with Jesus? Well, Jesus is. Well, okay, well not too complicated with Trinity, but uh, well, that's a good question, too. Who is Jesus praying to? So certain people will argue with you and say, well, who is Jesus praying to? Who is Jesus praying to? Himself. Is he? Now you can get into a real theological um, mess. God good the thing. Father. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't think that they're the same person, right? They're, they're, they are God, same entity. But they have personalities. They have different. They can talk to each other. You can't talk to yourself. It's it's a contradiction, right? So when he's he's addressing another being, another person, that person is (coughs) father. He is son. You don't have to get that complicated, right? Because he just he's telling them as an example. So he's saying our father, not just my father, Steve's father, Sai's father. Everyone's father. Our father. Our father. <laughs> our father. our father. our father. Your father. Our Their father. fathers. Everybody's our father. You guys are unique in this room because you have the same father. You guys are brothers. Me and Steve and Josiah, Yes, asked who our earthly fathers were. Different people, right? But... We have the same father. They have the same father, so they are what? Brothers. We have the same father. Josiah has the same father. So what is, who is our, are we brothers? We are, right? That's why we're brothers, right? We're all brothers. We're brothers. Even, you know, Priscilla was joking about Joshua and Noah. Joshua said Noah was his Brother. He's, not my, He's, my He's brother. not my cousin. He's my brother, right? Well, I say well, all of you guys are my brother. Why? Because we have the same father. father, right? We have the same father. So our father, Jesus starts off. And then Paul talks about, right? You know, he is the firstborn, and we are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. So in a way, Jesus is our big brother. We're all of Jesus's little brothers. You know, Jesus is the big brother, we're all the little brothers. So it's beautiful, right? That's a family of God, right? So Jesus is saying, our father, my father, your father, everyone's father, our father. That's great. Thank you. But where is this is the this is the difficult part. Hi. Where is our father? Is he here? Is he on the mountain with us? Is he in this building? Is he? Is he here? Why does he say that he's in heaven? Physical location. Is it physical location? So that's even more complicated, right? So if I got in a rocket ship, uh, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, I go in my rocket ship, and I go rocket out of here. Will I find God? Will I find the Father? Will I find the Father? Where am I going to, no matter how far I go in my spaceship, I'm not going to find Father. So where is heaven? Wherever God is. Huh? Where, where God is. is. <laughs> Can argued so. argue that, you know, he said this before <coughs> he died and he torn the veil and, and before, you know, he didn't reside in SS temples. As a temple. Yeah, that's a good. That that's a good point. We can we can examine that. I think that there is a point there, right? Because there's a distinction that existed there before we get to Christ what Christ did on the cross and break the separation. But it, in a sense, like it's there's a like ancient Chinese proverb that says, "The emperor is far away, and God is in heaven." right and so like you can you, the the thought is you have these very poor peasant type people whose lives are difficult and complicated right and you know who is there to help you well the emperor is far away and god is in heaven and so when jesus says our father in heaven he's he's not far away in the sense that, oh, you have to go very far to go find the Father, even though he says, our Father who is in heaven, means that this Father is different from the Fathers in this world that may let us down from time to time. This heavenly Father doesn't exist on the same rules or is under the same kind of <clears throat> strictures that an earthly father is. An okay. earthly father only has access to what he has. You and me and you guys know, right? Kids want everything. Now. Yesterday. Right? And I'm tired. Go away. <laughs> right? That's how it feels sometimes, right? Your earthly father, we are what? Earthly fathers are what? Limited, vulnerable, weak, sometimes. Because we're only what? We're human, right? But heavenly father, right? Not only is heavenly father the father of all of us, our father makes us all what? Brothers and sisters, right? Our father. All of our fathers, who is not limited by, what, earthly problems. Because if I pray to my earthly father, if Sam asks me for something and I don't have it, he keeps on asking me, eventually I say, that's Selah. (laughs) Either way, (laughs) earthly father, limited, heavenly father, different story. So our father, who is not limited by earthly problems, That's who I'm addressing this prayer to. That's what we're doing when we're praying. Our Father in heaven. Then he goes to the next step. What is the next verse after that? What is the next thing he says? Our Father in uh, in heaven. We're doing the Lord's Prayer today. Part of the Sermon on the Mount. Our Father in Heaven. What's the next thing? Our Father in Heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Is it Hallowed be your name or Hallowed be your name? Is it Hallowed? I don't know. I've heard it pronounced both ways. I'll go with Hallowed. Hallowed be your name. What is is Hallowed? What does Hallowed mean? Reverence. reverence, sanctified, yeah. well, there's a, a bit of this, hallowed be your name, right, who are we praying to, God. this is not, this is not a joke, this is not a, some list of demands we're making to our genie, right, this is creator of the universe, hallowed, separated, consecrated name, separated from all of our kind of penniness. You know that we, we bring to everything. Hallowed be your name, sanctified. Those are all those words mean kind of the same thing, right? Sanctified, separated. Yeah. If you go to the next one, sanctified, set apart, special. Right. This is a special thing we're doing. So part of the problem when they turn our our heavenly Father, this the Lord's prayer into a ritual, is they kind of miss that, right? It's not meant to be a ritual that we just repeat what Jesus said 800 times. But it's meant to tell you the importance of what we're doing when we're praying. So Jesus is saying, first, our Father, who is not limited by earthly problems, hallowed, sacred is your name. You are the greatest, the King of the universe, right? Hallowed and sanctified is your name. The next, thing we go is your kingdom come your will be done and if you hit the next one it's something awesome oh wow see powerpoint i was very proud of that you know (laughs) cold word it's really great PowerPoint. anyway your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so this is another reason why i was wanting to hold on the thing about our heavenly father your kingdom come Your will be done. So, your kingdom come. Has his kingdom come yet? Is his kingdom here already? Yes. Yes? Yes? No? Maybe? Could be? Complicated? I'm not even talking from Jesus' perspective. Let's say from this side of the resurrection, right? Jesus already died. He defeated The devil on the cross. He resurrected from the dead. The Holy Spirit has come. The church is here. Has his kingdom come? Yes. In a way. It has. We experience his kingdom. Because we're following Jesus Christ the King now. As his servants. Right? And the church is supposed to be his hands and his feet. Building his kingdom and growing his kingdom in the world. Right? But... Has the kingdom fully come? No, right? Because if the kingdom had fully come, would there be war in his kingdom? No, right? Would there be famine in his kingdom? No. Would there be pestilence and disease and suffering and all the things we go through? No. So the kingdom is here, but it's not fully, right? We are in this in-between stage. So Jesus is praying... Your kingdom, come. (laughs) Why Why does Jesus pray, your kingdom come? Jesus, just come back. We've been talking about that. Jesus doesn't come back because he's still waiting for what? The repentance of everyone, right? We read that in 2 Peter. But Jesus says, your kingdom, come. And in your kingdom, all of these things that we're suffering from, will be taken away and then your will be done where on earth as it is in heaven so wherever heaven is god is ruling and god's will is being done in heaven is god's will being done on earth no. is it Is God's will being done on earth? Mm. Mm? No. Isn't God sovereign? Isn't God in control? So is his will being done? Any ideas? Only through Christians? Only through Christians? A will, but not the, idea. A A will, will, the perfect will. Not the perfect will. Oh, you saw the next slide. <laughs> let's <laughs> so go to the next one All right so I looked up will in this Greek New Testament will will the Greek word means <coughs> the thelema properly a oh, oh thank you. yes Properly a desire, wish, often reter- referred to God's preferred will, his best offer to people, which can be accepted or rejected. And th- Jesus's most famous speech, and I would say probably the most famous speech, maybe the greatest speech of all time, which is the, the Sermon on the Mount, which included the Beatitude. So, within the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous speech of all time, made by the greatest human being and God, the greatest uh, prayer of all time, is within the greatest speech of all time, made by the greatest person of all time. (laughs) The Lord's Prayer, that's what we're studying now, as the Lord's Prayer, amazingly, is part of the Sermon on the Mount. So, Jesus really, uh, pretty awesome. So... We, we were going through the Lord's Prayer, and we talked about our Father in Heaven. Remember our Father in Heaven, right? Our Father. We all have fathers, different fathers, generally, unless you're siblings. But most of the time, we all have a different father. But when Jesus says, our Father, he's talking about one person or in Heaven who is the Father of everyone, Right? Our father, in total, all of our fathers, right? He is our father in heaven. In heaven meaning not limited by what earthly fathers are limited by, right? We all have our earthly fathers. Are they limited? Are your, you guys aren't allowed to answer. Uh, but, <laughs> but earthly fathers, are they limited? Can they make mistakes? Uh, do, they not, do they have everything and all the resources in the world? Can they provide it for you? No, right? So he says, our Father who is in heaven, right? So in heaven, unlimited, um, everlasting, right? Uh, All-powerful God, our Father in heaven, not limited by the earth. Hallowed be your name. How important is your name, right? So we talked about that. And then we got to your kingdom come. And you can see the nice uh, uh, animation. It's called Morph. In PowerPoint, if you guys ever do your PowerPoint presentations, it's, it's really exciting. But anyway, uh, you, I think I'm the only one excited by PowerPoint, but that's, that's, that's fine. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is one thing that I have questions on is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Why, why are we praying in the first place? Why is why is Jesus praying, or why do we pray? What do we what do we get out of prayer? Hmm? Is that yeah, oh, right? That build a relationship, but do, do, don't is that why people normally pray though? Huh? To get something, right? <laughs> I mean, that's typically, right? You know, when, when when, do you... Like, if you're not a person who generally prays, and you're in the middle of the road, and there's a guy coming to about to smash into your car, what do you start to do? Swerve. You start to pray, right? <laughs> you, start, you start to pray at that moment because you want God to what? Act, to intervene. You want God to do something right at this moment because I'm totally afraid... That's why a lot of times people pray, right? God, do something right now. You know? God, act. And Jesus here says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Well, if God's just going to do, this is a question Sunday school kids will ask, right? I don't know if you guys have an answer. If God's just going to do whatever he's going to do, (laughs) <laughs> it's <a good> <laughs> I know what a selection will say. What? What will say? If God's just going to do what he's going to do, what's the point of praying? Are we talking about his haircut when we're talking about the Lord's Prayer? I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm sorry. But if God's going to do right. So. Our for you? For you? right. Exactly. Right? Because if you look at the next, uh, I the next, next one, it, uh, I have. Greek for you, which is one uh, of my favorite things. Will. Mm. Te- te- thelema. Will. Because the, li- the Bible was written in... New Testament was written in what language, Ray? Greek. 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 Excellent. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> the New Testament was written in... No, it was, ri- it was written in Greek. Greek, right? So the word that Jesus... But Jesus didn't... Did Jesus speak in Greek? No, right? He spoke in Aramaic. But when this was originally written down by Matthew, he wrote it in Greek because most people in that part of the world spoke Greek, right? So he wrote this word, properly a desire which, often referring to God's preferred will, his best offer to people which can be accepted or rejected. So if you go back to the previous slide, um, you can see that quote from C.S. Lewis. Anyone want to read it? There are two kinds of people: those who say to God, "That will be done," and those whom God says, "All right, then, have it your way." You know what the context of that is? You know where C.S. Lewis, what book C.S. Lewis wrote that in? Mm-hmm. Screw tape. Don't say Narnia. <laughs> it's, it's a book called The Great Divorce, okay. and what what it's about is really interesting book. It's a the theology, questionable, but what is, the, the idea is interesting though, right? Because what he said, what, the whole point is, um, a man is re- basically having a dream that he's in, <coughs> whether it's hell or purgatory, somewhere bad, right? He's in a dream where he's with these people and they all go on a bus ride. Guess where they go on a bus ride from? From hell to heaven. And you would think, right, so if they, these guys go on this bus ride from hell to heaven, they would be just, like, jumping up for joy because they finally they got a ticket out, right? But when they get there, they, and the people they see and the way they are acting, it's still hell to them. <laughs> so people who are in hell, when they're in heaven, it still feels like what? Hell to them, right, because they are so... I think when you read the book, the, the, their self-centeredness is so extreme that when they're in heaven, even heaven itself is undesirable to them. Right? Because they, their need for their own will, their own selfish desire is so strong that when they're even in experiencing heaven, they can't experience it, right? And they all uh, most of them, so that's why the theology is weird, but most of them end up back... And now the point I'm making is that one of the quotes in that book that is probably one of the most famous part of that book is there are two kinds of people, those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, all right, then have it your way, right? None of us have an excuse when we come before God at the end of it all. You know, it's either we're willing to submit ourselves to God's will or God's going to let us have our will. And if we have our will, that's a life that's separated from God. That's what hell is. You know, so you can talk about what the temperature is. That's all you can argue about that, but that's really what it's about. And so what Jesus is saying is, your kingdom come, right? Because who is in control, we've talked about this since the beginning of the year, right? Who is in control to the, the, the multitude of people, <coughs> who is in control of their, of their life? Who is their king? Themselves. It's themselves, but who is the political ruler? Caesar, Caesar, right? Caesar is their king, right? And, um, you know, instead of God being their king, right, they first picked human beings, they rejected God, Remember? Samuel, they rejected Samuel, they rejected God, and they picked their own king, Saul, and God said, you rejected me as king, so you got David, and you got some good guys, but mostly bad, then you lost your kingdom, you lost your territory, and now you're ruled by pagan rulers. You don't have me as king, and you don't have your own people as king. So the kingdom is not, to the multitude of people there, the people in the crowd, there is no kingdom. The kingdom is lost. And so Jesus is saying, your kingdom come. And so some of them are violent people. Remember we talked about, right? Violent people who are well-armed, right? And so they they believe in their Second Amendment rights. They're all well-armed. But Jesus is not there for them either. He's like, I'm not for their kingdom either, for these zealots. I'm not for their kingdom. I'm for God's kingdom. Your kingdom come. I don't want Caesar, and I don't want you guys. I want God to have his kingdom, his rule. The same is true today. You can call me political, but I'm not looking for any human kingdom or human party to solve my problems. I'm looking for the Lord's kingdom. So your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So that that part of it is is interesting to me. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is Jesus saying there... That his God's will isn't being done on earth. You say no, Jose? Why do you say no? Because I think what you're getting to is the permissive word. Permissive? Okay, what is what is that? Permissive things that God allows to happen, then the God's perfect will, which is what to happen. So, permissive will of God sounds like something selects likes. What's select, What's it called, selects? Free will. Right? (laughs) The answer to everything is free will. So God gives permissive will. So how does that all... It seems like a giant jigsaw puzzle in the big picture, right? So God's going to use Steve's free will and Alex's free will and Ray's free will and Josiah's free will and my free will and he's going to smush it together and it's going to turn out right? Or... God has, and, and I think the, the next slide kind of puts it together pretty well. It's like, it says, God's best offer. I'm probably going to But God has the best in mind for all of us. But God also has a ultimate end, an ultimate purpose, where his kingdom is coming, where his kingdom is going. God's not going to lose, right? God, it's, God's not going to lose this... This battle or this, this, this feature. He, he's in control. But are we going to get the best that God has for us? That's the question. And so y- you guys are all exactly right. When we pray to God for your will be done, what we're saying is, God, today, I want your will to control my day. I want what you want for me to happen. Because if I want what I want, I'm short sighted. I'm weak. I'm probably going to mess it up. But if God, if your will happens for me today, I know it's going to be the best possible. It's not going to be anything better than that. And that's how every day is. Doesn't mean that day is going to be, you know, roses. Everything's going to go great. But it means that's going to be the best possible. Moving me on forward to what God wants for my life. So that's why Jesus says it's not about the the laundry list of all the things that we want God to do for us. It's like, God, how do I fit into what you want? How do I make you the, the ruler of my life?